Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Hello, and welcome to In the Word, a ministry of Calvary Chapel of Orlando. We hope that God speaks to you today as we join Senior Pastor Will Ramirez in a study of the book of Leviticus. God has been giving the Israelites the ceremonial laws that were specific for them. He had presented the children of Israel with the ways they were going to worship Him through offerings and sacrifices. God has been giving the laws of ceremonial uncleanness. It is important to remember that these laws were only for the nation of Israel. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. We do not need to live by these laws for salvation, nor to live holy lives. Our holiness and right standing with God comes solely through Jesus' finished work on the cross. We join Pastor Will in Leviticus chapter 13, verse 1, as we look at laws concerning leprosy and skin condition. Remember the whole theme of the book of Leviticus is to be holy. God, who has now made a covenant with his people, they've established it on the right terms. He's living in the midst of his people, but if his people are going to have a relationship with him, they've got to be different. They've got to be unique. They've got to be set apart to him. And so he explains to them how they're going to fellowship with him. They've got to come through these offerings. And then, of course, we have the narrative section where all the offerings have been instructed and now they finally start them. God himself, fire shoots out of his glory and consumes the altar. Nadab and Abihu get a little casual with the Lord and pay the price. But once we hit chapter 11, we get into the laws of ritual cleanliness and they will continue for a little bit actually all the way through 15. And as we go through these laws, remember last time we looked at the dietary laws and then we looked at the laws for a woman's cleansing after she gives birth. And as we go through these laws of ritual cleanliness, this has nothing to do with hygiene or anything like that, although some of the things mentioned here are quite hygienic. The ideas of ritual cleanliness, the idea of being able to approach a holy God. And as we go through these laws, we have to keep in mind that God's presence is right there in their midst. His nature would consume any semblance of sin. And while sickness and disease don't usually occur because someone disobeys God, it's not like I had a cold because I did something wrong. That's not necessarily the always appropriate correlation. Can God discipline or judge somebody with illness? Certainly we see it in the scripture. That's not always the case, nor is it necessarily frequently the case. But while sickness and disease don't usually occur because of someone's disobedience specifically to God, they do exist because of sin. There was no sickness or disease in the garden. And the skin infections we cover in in chapter 13, they came about because of man's rebellion against God. So every time you get a rash, just blame Adam. Those infected with these skin diseases and whatnot, they could not be part of the community of worship for their own good because to walk in God's presence like that, they'd be consumed. Here's the really cool news. Chapter 14, God provides a reentry process for the person he heals of their disease. And this shows that God is and always has been in the business of supernatural healing. And while God doesn't guarantee healing in this life all, the Lord does heal today. And that gives us great hope if you're going through a physical struggle. So chapter 13, we're going to try to work our way through this. It's quite interesting. Verse one, what to do when a skin problem develops. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron saying, when a man shall have in the skin of his flesh, a rising, a scab, or a bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy. That sounds awful. Then he shall be brought unto Aaron the priest or unto one of his sons, 
the priest. The priest shall look on the plague in the skin of the flesh. And when the hair in the plague is turned white and the plague in sight be deeper than the skin, the surface of his flesh, well, it is a plague of leprosy and the priest shall look on him and pronounce him unclean. Here we find that there's a general principle and these are various skin problems that might crop up. It mentions here in verse two, a rising, a scab or a bright spot. A rising there, just a swelling of the skin or like a pimple or a boil. It could be filled with fluid. Then you have a scab, which would just be like a skin rash. And then a bright spot, which would be a swollen discoloration of the skin. Not a pussy oozy thing, but just a discoloration. Something's not right. Not just you got a little bit too much sun while you were chasing the sheep the other day. It was just a matter of something's not right here. There's an infection of some sort. If that's the case, then if it looks like it might be the plague of leprosy, you got to go see the priest. And the plague of leprosy is two words here. It just means a destructive, infectious skin disease. Certainly leprosy is in mind here, and we'll actually talk about that as we come through here. We'll address the specific illness of leprosy, but it's really any type of skin disease that might look like a destructive, infectious skin disease. I want to point out here, going to see the priest did not replace seeing a doctor, even though the priests often function like doctors in that day. Nor is it evidence that we shouldn't go see doctors when we get sick or ill, but only go to God for healing. The Bible doesn't teach that anywhere. It's funny, what did Paul tell Timothy when he had stomach issues? He didn't tell him and say, listen, man, quit taking medicine and just trust the Lord. He said, hey, drink a little bit of wine. It's kind of like NyQuil or something like that. It was known to be a medicinal effect to kind of ease the problems in your stomach. And he said, hey, just drink a little bit of wine with your meal and then it should kind of ease your stomach a little bit. Now, how did Paul know that? Well, Paul was a very ill man. He had a traveling physician that came with him, Luke, the doctor. He had probably learned that from Luke for maybe his own struggles. He said, hey, have a little bit of this and it'll clear you right up and you'll be okay. I'm not saying that's my recommendation because I'm not a doctor. I'm just gonna teach the Bible. But my point is, is this is not just saying that you would never see someone. I'm so thankful for the the doctors and physicians, those in the healthcare who have helped my family out and and my loved ones out and my friends out. I'm grateful for that. I'm so grateful for the doctors who have helped me out. Yet, I do ask the Lord for healing. I I remember there was a a situation. I got in a car accident, rear-ended, a little tiny fender bender. But at the same time, I started to swell up. My collarbone was all out of whack. I started getting involuntary like muscle movement. So I went to the doctor and they took x-rays and they're like, you're messed up. Your whole back is messed up. I went to chiropractor. I went through some rehab and stuff like that to rebuild the muscles and change my diet, all sorts of things. And I just could not recover. I mean, I was in so much pain, my lower back. I was missing so much work. My boss told me, I don't know if I can retain you if this is going to, how it's going to be. And so I was at a pastor's meeting and I actually asked all the guys to lay hands on me and pray for me. The next day I visited the doctor, he touched my back and he goes, he started feeling around my back and he said, who, who who else did you go see? Did you have surgery? Did you do something? I said, no. He said, well, you're fine. And I said, what do you mean I'm fine? I'm messed up, doc. He goes, no, you're fine. He goes, there are no problems with your back. And I was like, really? Sure enough, the Lord healed me. And I've seen God do that in other occasions in my life and in others' lives as well. We believe that God heals, but going to be inspected by the high priest had nothing to do with medicinal things or doctoral looking at. It had to do with participation in the worship community. His job wasn't to pronounce whether you were healthy or not. His job was whether to pronounce you could come back into the community and worship again, whether you were clean or unclean. For that's what it says there, that the priest will look on the plague in the skin. This is in verse three. As he's examining and inspecting this infection in the skin, he says, when the hair in the plague is turned white and the plague in sight is deeper than the skin of the flesh, 
Well, man, it's a destructive, infective skin disease. And the priest shall examine him again just to make sure. And then if he finds the same thing, pronounce him to be unclean. So if now it's not just a matter of a skin infection, but something deeper inside is causing a problem. He says, you're going to see that because the hair color is going to change. He says, you're going to see that the infection goes deeper than just the surface. And if he finds that out, then you declare him to be unclean. And the word there, unclean, doesn't mean he's a slob or he's gross. It means that he is ceremonially unclean, which means unable to participate in the community of worship. Because God lived in their midst and contact with this person meant they become unclean too. The unclean individual would need to go outside the community until he was healed. Now, while this seems harsh, we must remember that the cross hasn't happened yet. Jesus hasn't paid the price for sin yet. And God's people, they could approach him in any way that they could do that was a great concession by God. That a sinful man could approach a holy God at all was a great concession by God. But that concession required very strict rules. And so, you know, I would ask you tonight, aren't you glad for the cross and the better covenant it brings? We're not checking you for skin diseases today and we're like, nope, get out. Sorry, buddy. You've got white hair. You're gone. None of that. We don't have to worry about approaching God. We don't have to fear approaching God. We come before him in the sense of reverence, that type of fear, but I don't have to worry because I'm ill or I've got some semblance of the effects of sin in my life and a holy God would consume me. I don't have to worry about that because Jesus paid the price in full. What the priest was looking for, as he's looking at this and he deduces it's deeper than surface, it's an infectious disease. Well, in verse four, it says, if the bright spot is just white in the skin and the flesh and in sight, it's not deeper than the skin. He didn't go dig in and look. He just checked. It didn't seem like it was deeper and in sight didn't seem like it was deeper than the, the skin of his flesh. He says, if that's the case and the hair thereof is not turned white, the hair still looks normal, then the priest shall shut him up in a place by himself, the him that has the infection for seven days. And then the priest shall look on him, verse five, the seventh day, and behold, if the plague in his sight be at a stay, the phrase there means it's in a state of inactivity. It's not gotten better, but it hasn't gotten worse. If that's the case and the plague is not spread further, further in the skin. Well, then shut him up for another seven days. And then the priest shall look on him again the seventh day, so a week later. So this is now two weeks later. And behold, if the infection be somewhat dark, the word there means faded, it's starting to go away, and the plague is not spread any further in the skin, well, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. It's just a scab, or in other words, just a rash. And he shall wash his clothes and be clean. So you get to go take a bath, and you get to a certain age, and that's kind of exciting. So you get to go take a bath, and you're clean, and you can go on, and eventually it'll go away. There's a caveat here, verse seven. But But if that rash all of a sudden starts to spread abroad in the skin after he's been seen by the priest for his cleansing, well, then he has to go see the priest again. And if the priest see that, behold, this rash, the scab, it spreads in the skin, then the priest has to pronounce him unclean. It is a leprosy. It is an infection. So this doesn't take you off the hook forever. If it develops into something contagious, you got to go back. And if he pronounces you unclean, you got to move out. Now, verse nine, here are the general leprosy procedures. It says, now when the plague of leprosy is in a man, he shall be brought under the priest and the priest shall see him, examine him. And behold, if the rising or the swelling there be white in the skin and it has turned the hair white and there be quick raw flesh in the rising. Now this is specifically for leprosy here. If you see quick raw skin, which means exposed but unhealthy flesh beneath the skin, if that's the case, verse 11, it is an old leprosy in the skin of the flesh and the priest shall pronounce him unclean and shall not shut him up because he's unclean. So if you come and you've got some exposed raw flesh that you can tell it's in 
infected. He goes, that's something that's way deeper than just a skin infection. The word there, old leprosy, it means a chronic or settled in skin disease. And it's probably referring to leprosy itself. Leprosy is caused by a slow growing bacteria. Uh, It affects the peripheral skin and nerves. And it takes about three to five years for symptoms to actually appear externally. You can have it for a long time before you know you have it. Pale skin sores develop as well as a loss of feeling in the arms and the legs. Those areas lose the ability to feel pain or injury. So injuries to those areas then, they no longer heal on their own, then they become damaged. It also results in a loss of your sweat and oil gland functions, which causes dry and cracked skin, which only increases the chance of infection. 95% of the world has a natural immunity to leprosy. So while it is contagious, most of us needn't worry about getting it from someone who is infected, which is why you have a lot of places where people minister to lepers, they can't get it, and so it's safe for them to go there. Which is also why they underwent this fierce examination from the priest, because if you were not immune to it, then you could get it very easily. Skin disease usually wasn't leprosy and therefore didn't require leaving the community. But if it was, the symptoms would reveal it that it had been incubating there for not just weeks or days or even months, but years. So he says there in verse 12, and if a leprosy break out abroad in the skin and the leprosy is covering all the skin of him that has the plague from his head, even to his foot, wherewith the priest examines or looks, well, then the priest shall consider and behold, if the leprosy has covered all of his flesh, he pronounced him clean actually. So in other words, if it doesn't go deeper than the surface, it could be all over his whole body. But if there's no raw exposed skin, then it's not a leprosy. It's just a temporary infection that will go away. And so the priest can pronounce him unclean. But here it is, verse 14, when raw flesh, when you can see below the surface and you've got infected or unhealthy flesh below the surface. He says, at that point, he says, he shall be unclean. Verse 15, and the priest shall see the raw flesh and pronounce him to be unclean for the raw flesh is unclean. It is a leprosy. Or if the raw flesh turn again, he says there, and be changed into white, he shall come unto the priest and the priest shall see him and behold, if the plague be turned into white, then the priest shall pronounce him clean that has the plague, he is clean. Now, a couple things here. This is amazing as there was no cure for leprosy back then. Medical treatments today can kill the bacteria, but they can't fix the nerve or the skin damage. Only God can do that. And yet God anticipates that he will supernaturally do that at times. And when he does, the priest can pronounce him clean upon a new inspection. Isn't that neat? I mean, God presupposes in his word that he he heals. I hear people say all the time, I don't believe God heals today. What are you talking about? He's God. He can do whatever he wants. If he wants to heal somebody, he can heal somebody. And we see it all throughout the scriptures. The Lord heals his people. And Jesus, when people were brought to him, the Bible says he healed every single one. I can't think of a single person out there who has a physical problem today that the Lord's heart doesn't break for you. That the Lord's heart isn't moved with compassion for you. Sometimes the Lord allows it because he has his own purposes, his own reasons. Sometimes it's not always for you. I did a funeral when I first became the pastor here for a 12-year-old boy. I watched him. He came to our other church and I watched him uh, go from a healthy, wonderful, you know, just happy little boy to a, a happy, wonderful, but struggling little boy with his health. When he went home to be with the Lord, there were so many people around him that were touched by his life, by his love, his love for Jesus. He couldn't wait to go see Jesus, couldn't wait to go see his, his family that he had lost, uncles and grandpas and grandmas and stuff that had died and gone to heaven already. He was looking forward to that. And I thought, you know, man, I don't know if I have the faith this kid has. He touched so many lives around him. And at his memorial service, there were so many people who testified to the impact this life had. His name was Justin. And I don't think that Justin was sick for Justin. I think Justin was sick for us. You might say, well, that doesn't seem very fair. 
Well, I'm not in the business of determining what's fair. God knows far more what's right and what's wrong and what's fair and what's not than I do. And his purposes are far greater than anything that I could presume to think to know that a life could give. Life is not measured by its length, but by its impact. And so sometimes it has nothing to do with us. But I do believe the Lord's heart is always moved with compassion in our physical struggles. And so he gives this here that, you know, hey, if it turns again and be changed into white, hey, he can come to the priest and if the plague is gone, then he can pronounce him clean again. God does heal and he takes great joy in doing so. Verse 18, now we are going to address when normal skin ailments reveal a deeper problem. It doesn't look like it's something bad at first. Then all of a sudden complications arise and it seems like there is something deeper. And the first case is when you've got a boil. I don't know if you've ever had a boil before, but this is how you know when it's getting bad. Verse 18, the flesh also in which even in the skin thereof was a boil, which would be a raised sore. He says in that case, if the boil is healed, it goes away. But in place of the boil, now there's a white rising. So there's a swelling there. The boil gone, but now you've got this other thing going on. He says, or a bright spot, white and somewhat reddish, and it be showed to the priest, if when the priest sees it, behold, it be in sight deeper than the skin, lower than the skin, that's what that means. The boil wasn't leprosy, but now all of a sudden that infection revealed an actual infection of leprosy that was already at work in the person, and they didn't know it till they got the boil. He says, if that's the case, and it's in sight lower than the skin, and the hair thereof be turned white, well, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a plague of leprosy that is broken out of the boil. You have seen now that he has an infection. It just hadn't gotten to the surface yet, surface yet, but the boil revealed it. Now he says in verse 21, but if the priest looks on it and behold, there's no white hairs therein. And if it be not deeper than the skin, but be somewhat dark, dark means faded, it's going away. Then the priest shall shut him up for seven days. And if it spreads much abroad in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a plague, it's an infection. It's not leprosy, but it's an infection. But if the bright spot stay in his place and it spreads not, it is a burning boil, which basically means a boil that just leaves a scar. It's a burning boil that leaves a scar and the priest says, hey, eventually the scar will go away. You can go back and worship, you're clean. Verse 24, what about when you get a burn mark? You burn yourself and it leaves a scar and you think, oh, the skin will just heal, but then all of a sudden it's not healing and it seems to reveal a deeper problem. Verse 24 says, if there be any flesh in the skin whereof where there is a hot burning or the scar of a burn, he says, and the quick flesh, the flesh there that burns has a white bright spot, somewhat reddish or white, then the priest shall look upon it and behold, if the hair in the bright spot be turned white, same thing, and in sight it's deeper than the skin. Well, it's a leprosy broken out of the burning. Wherefore, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is the plague of leprosy. In other words, that scar from just a burn, nothing wrong with that, but it revealed you had leprosy. It says, if that's the case, you'll be declared unclean. On the other hand, it says, but if the priest look on it, verse 26, and behold, there's no white hair in the bright spot. It's not lower than the other skin, but be somewhat dark or fading away. Then the priest shuts him up for seven days. So this is the same kind of a thing we're gonna see through here. And the priest shall look upon him the seventh day, and if it be spread much abroad in the skin, then the priest pronounces him unclean. It is the plague of leprosy. But if the bright spot stays in his place and spread not in the skin, but it's somewhat dark, it's fading, then it is just a rising of the burning. I like King James because it gives fancy names to simple things. A rising of the burning, it just means your arm is swelled. And as a result, just an inflammation of the burning, the priest will pronounce him clean. Verse 29, for skin problems on the head. If a man or a woman have a plague upon the head or the beard, I guess women had beards back then? No. The word beard is also the same word for chin in the Hebrew. So it probably more appropriate here means the chin or the head. He says, if they have a plague upon their head or in their chin, an infection, then the priest shall see the plague, inspect it, and behold, if it be in sight deeper than the skin. And now it mentions something unique here, and there be in it a yellow thin hair. 
That sounds ominous. A yellow, thin hair. It means a fox red color hair that's flaky. So it's brittle. It's breaking off as you kind of touch it. And that would kind of give you a clue. You don't need to have a big old yellow hair coming out of your head to know something's wrong. If you've got a flaky kind of reddish hair and it crumples as you break it, you know something's not right. Deeper. Then the priest shall not pronounce him unclean. It is a dry skull, even a leprosy upon the head or the beard. Dry skull, again, just a fancy way to say it's a diseased area of the skin, as opposed to just dandruff or an itchy scalp, because that can be flaky too. Verse 31, but if the priest look on the plague of the skull, the area of infection, and behold, it be not sight and deeper than the skin, and there is no black hair in it, then the priest shall shut him up that has the plague of the skull for seven days. The reason you're looking for black hair is because it was very rare for an Israeli to have hair other than black. It was just rare. You usually didn't have a kid come out. That's why I remember Esau's name is what? It means red, right? Came out and he was like, whoa, dude's red. He's got red hair. It was weird. That was not common amongst their DNA back then. The idea is you're looking for black hair. Well, if there's no black hair, he says, all right, you're not out of the woods yet, buddy. It doesn't look like it's deeper than the skin. You got to go get shut up for seven days so you don't infect anybody else. Then verse 32, in the seventh day, the priest shall look on the plague and behold, if the skull, the skin disease does not spread and there be in it no yellow hair and the skull is not in sight deeper than the skin, Well, then he's going to shave his whole head, but the skull or the area of infection, shall he not shave? So you might have like a little tuft of hair because they want to make sure it's kind of like just the front end of Mr. T. And the priest shall shut him up that has the skull seven days more. So nobody, you're not out of the woods yet. The hair still doesn't look like it hasn't gone away. Seven more days. We're going to just really examine this one tuft of hair. After seven days, the priest, verse 34, shall look on the skull and behold, if the skull be not spread in the skin, nor be in sight deeper than the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. He shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the skull spread much in the skin after his cleansing, he lets him go home and all of a sudden it's all over his head. You could see it because he's shaven. He says, well, then the priest has to examine him again and behold, if the skull be spread in the skin, the priest shall not seek for the yellow hair. He doesn't need to see it now. Something's wrong. He is unclean. But if the skull be in his sight at a stay, that there is black hair growing up, it's getting healthier. The skull is healed, he is clean, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. Verse 38, and if a man also or a woman have in the skin of their flesh bright spots or even white bright spots, the word there means freckled spots, then he says, then the priest shall look and behold, if the bright spots in the skin of their flesh be a darkish white, well, it's it's just a freckled spot that's growing on the skin, he is clean. I like this here because in verses 40 and 41, the Lord makes some general statements about baldness here. So if you struggle with your hair, there's some good news for you. You're not in sin. It's not judgment. Serious. It says, now, the man whose hair has fallen off his head, he is bald. You learned that tonight. You didn't know that before then, but if you lose your hair, you're bald. So that's how it is. Yet it says he is clean. You have to realize something. Bald wasn't beautiful in that culture. In fact, you remember David relates the story of how he was trying to give his condolences to the son of the king of Ammon. The king of Ammon died. And so he sent some of his wise men, his counselors, with a gift to the son of the king of Ammon. And to tell him, hey, we're so sorry. I knew your dad. He's a good man. My condolences. We hope your reign goes well. He was a young guy. And young guys tend to be a little feisty and feel like I got to prove something. The other guy said, oh, David's just doing this to get you in his pocket. So you'll be his man. And so he shaved the beards and the hair of the guys who came and sent them home without their pants on. Went home naked. That was a deep dishonor that you could have. And so much so that David, when he found out they were on like a town far just on the border of Israel, 
He told him, he said, listen, just stay there till your beards are grown. I know it's embarrassing. So you have to realize something, losing your hair or being bald back then, it was not only just considered, you know, hey, you're losing your hair, not beautiful. It was considered that maybe you were cursed by God. So the Lord makes it clear here. He goes, he's just bald. He's not unclean. He's not cursed by me. In verse 41, he says, he that has his hair fallen off from the part of his head that's in front of his face, he's just forehead bald. So, you know, if you're just losing the right around here, you're good. God loves you. Lord's not upset at you. He's not taking away your hair in judgment. He is clean. He can worship just like anybody else. And again, I have to say this because God had to explain this because the Egyptians, if you remember, they shaved their heads. Men and women, by the way. If you were a gal back then, you were shaved your head. They thought hair was dirty. Every bit of hair was dirty. You would shave your head. They wore elaborate wigs and fake beards, ladies too sometimes, instead. And some of the Israelites were tempted to pronounce a bald person as cursed because God had made them like the Egyptians, made them like Israel enemy. And God says, no, that's not the case. Sometimes baldness just happens. It's in your DNA. It's just how it works. Other times though, disease does cause it. And so in verse 42, if it's a disease that causes it, there needs to be an inspection. Verse 42 says, and if there be in the bald head or the bald forehead, a white reddish sore. In other words, you're not just losing your hair. Something's going on here. He says, it is a leprosy sprung up or an infection sprung up in his bald head or his bald forehead. So then the priest shall look upon it, examine it. Behold, if the rising of the sore be white reddish in his bald head or in his bald forehead as the leprosy appears in the skin of the flesh well then he is a leprous man he is unclean the priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean his plague is in his head we find only the worst cases of leprosy they usually affected your extremities only the worst cases actually got near the central nervous system in the brain so if you got leprosy on your head or something like that it was a bad case. So that's why he says he's utterly unclean. This would be an extremely dangerous infection and therefore you had to get him outside the camp right away. In verse 45, we get just general rules for those who are unclean and what they have to do. It says in 45, and the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be torn, his head will be bare. The word there, bare, actually doesn't mean shaven. It means to be unkept or run wild, not to take care of your hair. The idea is you're to be easily identifiable. If you see a crazy haired guy and his clothes are ripped, and then it mentions here, he shall also put a covering upon his upper lip. And as he walks around, he shall cry, unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he is unclean, he shall dwell alone, outside the camp shall his habitation be. Now that's interesting that he would wear a cloth or a wrap over his upper lip because leprosy can only be spread through nasal secretions or droplets. So you would have to get this part of your face covered because that's where the infection comes from. Wrapping one's nose by covering the upper lip and proclaiming your uncleanness, keeping your hair all crazy and tearing your clothes was designed to prevent spread when you were traveling to and fro to get food or whatever you needed so everyone would know and they would back off and they wouldn't get infected. Other than that though, when you weren't traveling, they were to live in isolation in a tent outside the community of faith. Again, harsh, but if there's anything we learn from this, this is how far sin separates us from God. It's not that they did sin to do this, but just shows the very nature of sin, that God's presence can't dwell amongst sin. Remember Jesus said that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God? That's why I need a new body to be with the Lord. Yeah, I've been forgiven, I've been washed, I've been cleansed. I stand righteous before God, but it still bears the marks of sin in general. And that's why I need a new body that is glorified and has never known sin, never been touched by the fall. It will never grow old, never die. The cells will never have problems. And that will be the body that I will have in his presence for all eternity. Sin causes us to be far from God. We are considered unclean and unworthy to stand in the presence of a holy and perfectly just God. The awesome thing is that God is merciful. He sent Jesus, the perfect sacrifice and offering, to pay for our debt so that we can be clean. 
washed, and given the opportunity to stand before the great God of the universe. If you have any spiritual or physical need, please contact us. We would love to pray for you and assist you in any way we can. You can reach us at Calvary Chapel Orlando at 407-523-0800 during our office hours Tuesday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. This has been In the Word with Pastor Will, a ministry of Calvary Chapel of Orlando. You can listen to all of Pastor Will's sermons and find other valuable resources online at www.calvarychapelorlando.com or on the Calvary Chapel Orlando app, available on iTunes and Google Play. Thank you for joining us today. We will see you next time as we continue to learn, walk, and live in the Word.